What's going on, people? I'd like to welcome y'all to another episode of the Bailu Campaign Podcast, where we unpack and document the unspoken truths of the millennial journey. You're here today with your host, Dan and Nate, and we're tuned in for a good episode. I just know this one will be. So, let's start from the top. What's going on, bro? How you feeling? Man, uh, I'm feeling kind of light. Elaborate. Yeah, yeah. So actually, today, and this is what I was going to tell you, but I was like, let me hold it off. All right, bet. Well, the how podcast. Much, how much you got for me? Uh, <laughs> 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 but nah, on the uh, for for like today, I actually had like somewhat not a breakdown, but I cried today for the first time. Sheesh. Yeah, and hey, I wasn't ready for that. But yeah, bro. Yeah, it, it was. Definitely unexpected because I haven't really cried for in a like actually like cried for for in a while that related to anything that wasn't my like that didn't have anything to do with my grandma. Yeah. So it was like, damn. But I'm not gonna get into like the details too much of the details of the of what led me to that point. But mm-hmm. I guess I'll kind of speak on how it's related to the podcast. Okay. Um. Because with this episode, this article in particular, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty different from the other articles where yeah, definitely. it's a lot more storytelling in it. Mm-hmm. And the reason behind that was last month the book I read was Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Mm-hmm. And in the it's a memoir and basically it was it was super, super descriptive storytelling and he really did a great job of painting the picture and sharing his own journey through the creation of Nike. Okay. And so that kind of inspired me to like be more descriptive and sharing my story. Mm-hmm. So that's how this article kind of manifested in the way that it did. And uh, with me getting deeper and more descriptive into my story, mm-hmm. it like, May it just opened my eyes to like some issues that I hadn't dealt with. Okay, and like I left, and I had just been. I was reading this morning, and then like I was reading like some. I made some connections between like some different things in my life that I had dealt with. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know what got me, bro? You know that ET video? Uh, I am love. I think. Yeah. 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 Bro, I was watching that joint, boy. <laughs> yeah, man, it was, but it was it was a good it was a good it was much needed. It was much needed. It was much needed. So I'm yeah. feeling feeling real light. I'm feeling feeling good about the future. Hey, that's good though. I salute you for even having the courage to share that. Yeah, man. You I was like, you know, the podcast people are a family, so. It's kind of crazy because I'm gonna tell you the truth. When you started like sharing that aspect, I'm over here like, whoa, cuz we just talking about oversharing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little, that's a lot, but you know, like, yeah, I salute that, man, honestly. And it's it's good though, like, that you're able to um, not even share that, but even like allow yourself to do that because you know, like. We you could you could have fought whatever it was that was trying to take you to that place. Mm-hmm. You feel me? 
you could have chose you have you always got two choices you could either fight it or embrace it for sure that's with discomfort and you chose to embrace it and you know saying like you said you walked away lighter so i salute you for having the courage to embrace that moment and take it for what it was and not try to turn it to what you wanted it to be or Mm -hmm. run away from it because you know that's like some punk stuff and we don't do punk stuff yeah i salute that and it was like, it was kind of perfect time because the book I was reading, Brene Brown, what is the new Darren, one? Darren, uh, Darren the Lead. No. Or Rising Strong. Rising Strong. Yeah. And that was one of the things she was talking about is curiosity in terms of your emotions. Mm-hmm. So really, and that's all I was reading this morning. Yeah. So, I mean, with the combination of reading that and just tapping into more of my story via the article. Mm-hmm. I got got, bro. <laughs> hey, it's all good, man. I got we, got, we, bro. Hey, 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 bro. We gonna call that a uh, what she called it a, a breakthrough, not a breakdown. Hey, you hear me? Word, That's word. a breakthrough. I like that. Yeah, just no more breakdowns, only breakthroughs. We can't be broken. We undefeated. Hey, man. But yeah, that's what's up, though, man. Let's let's keep it moving. And what about yourself, man? I ain't, I ain't even man, you, you just doing. share so much. I thought you spoke for both of us. I, I was like, man, don't even worry about how I'm doing. But I'm straight, man. I'm good. Just Looking pretty to... bossed up today. Oh, man, that's every day. That's smelling lovely, <laughs> too. But <laughs> all seriousness, though, I'm good, man. I ain't complaining. Uh, decided to, you know what I'm saying, put myself back out there in terms of, like, the job market and stuff. Okay. Because uh, I was like, man, I'm leaving money on the table by just like, just doing my own thing. Okay. It's, I like, guess, good, but if it's money on the table, I'm young. I might as well take all the money that's on the table. Okay. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to go grab that bag and mm-hmm. get my own on the side. And with anything, um, <clears throat> I'm there to learn and I'm still, like, I'm always going to do my own thing regardless where I'm at. Yeah. You feel me? And I just go into people's organizations to learn. Okay. You feel me? I get to see how they running things and pick up game easy. Like first, first way to know what's going on in the war is to go hop on the field. You feel me? Go join mm-hmm. the battle. So from you saying that, we may we got diverge a little bit. What you um, mean? Because you saying you thinking about hopping into the job market, right? Mm-hmm. So about leaving money on the table. So my mm-hmm. pops, he was actually like, "Yo, Nate, you should consider that." And I don't, I don't know, like, I'm kind of torn. I know it's kind of different because we're in different fields. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, like, I can, I don't think I can see myself going back to a similar firm Yeah. that I left from. Um, I mean, I think, you ain't asking my opinion, but I'm going to just tell you what Yeah, no, nah, I actually yeah, want yeah. your opinion. Oh, you do? Yeah. Like, I was about to tell you what it is for me, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, you could probably get something from what I'm about to say, but um, I mean, I'm not saying I'm gonna. Of course, take not. I'm head, not saying taking yeah. around with it. Yeah, but I'm just sure. saying this is me. Like this mm-hmm. is for me personally. Um, an important aspect of leaving corporate America is understanding that there's different cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to. Like double and dabble in different cultures of work environments and different spaces. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm a little sick. I'm trying to come off the segment. Excuse me, y'all. Um, different spaces and see which one works for you, right? So, yeah. I know 
the standard. You got me sitting in front of a computer all day. Like, it's a toxic environment by just gossip and just, just childish. Like, I can't thrive in places like that. For sure. But you know what I'm saying? You put me around some good people, like some good, all that energy and stuff, like good energy. Yeah. Um, and anything that's innovative, I found that works for me. So now I want to work with startups, right? Okay. Because they're young. And I realized that in, their, in startup spaces, you have more Autonomy. creative freedom. Yeah. You feel me? They're more open because they're there to try and change industries that already exist or they're trying to bring industries that don't exist to Front Street, right? Okay. So I think with you, just if you do ever want to hop back in, you can't go back to what you came from because what you came from, you hate it. But there's also other aspects that could even use you because you don't got to hop back in to do what you was doing prior. Yeah. You could hop back in and be a copywriter if you want to. Like, there's a lot of other things that you could offer. You could hop back in and do BDR, business development reps. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of more things that you could offer. So don't just, like, box yourself into what you left doing because you've picked up so much other skills that people need too type stuff. And that, like, other skills that I'm really working on and developing. Yeah, facts. So, you know what I'm saying? Why not accelerate them by having that? Because with... a job you have a daily daily practice you feel me yeah so you're going to practice every day mm-hmm. and then you get to see the results of your practice when you execute whatever and you deploy it and you get to you say you get your feedback loop so for sure it's it's something to consider but man we've been talking for 10 minutes that's crazy let's get into this episode um content we're actually going to discuss the latest article that was released different not inferior Different, not inferior. Um, so you want me to, what I got from it, or you yeah. want to do the same? You can hop in. Say All what right. you got from it. So, for me, what I got from this article was, so it was broken. First off, the way this one is structured was different. So speaking on it's a little weird. But um, the gist of what I got from it was three things. Okay. Um, first one was integration of yourself, being able to um, integrate the different aspects of your being into okay. one. Um, and I think that's really what it means in my mind to be well-rounded okay. is when you could take the different pieces and bits of, you know what I'm saying, things that create you mm-hmm. and become a total person, right? Once you hit that uh, level of being, you know what I'm saying, complete, that's when I think you're well-rounded. Like, you don't have to leave things of you on the table. Okay. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, certain things that society might tell you is not correct or your parents probably put in your mind is not good mm-hmm. or your janky teacher put in your mind is not good, your boss, whomever, that people projected on you. And made opinions of for yourself that you never sat with to figure out, like, do I like this? Okay, I like it. How can I use it, right? Yeah. To my advantage and use it in a positive light. Um, that that doesn't mean that they're bad and you got to, like, completely annihilate them. Because most of the times I've found with myself, at least, things that I thought were bad, that I focused so much on trying to, like, get rid of, I couldn't. Like, it was 
in essence, it's me. It's like sure. it's me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like getting rid of yourself. Yeah, throw yourself like, away. I can't. I can't kill off myself. Right. You feel me? So it's like, all right, if I can't kill this part of me off, how can I transform it? You feel me? How can I keep it but use it in a good light? Or how can I embrace it? And mm-hmm. it took for me to sit down with certain things and be like, okay, I don't like this aspect of me. Um, energy can only be transformed, right? Yeah. It can't be destroyed. So how, what, how am I going to transform this? Because I can't completely get rid of it. Yeah. But I could replace it with something new or take this and build something better. So that's one thing I got from it. Um, another aspect I got was tapping into your potential and, um, you know what I'm saying, understanding that your potential is an uncashed check. I was like, all right, that, that's fire. I was sitting <laughs> on a bag. But I already knew that, you know what I'm saying, but just having it reiterated. Because like I said, that day when you dropped that, I had actually watched the, because um, you had the Miles Monroe quote, mm-hmm. and I had watched the speech that he gave where he said that. So I was like, oh, snap, that's crazy. Yeah. And then the third thing was hopping in the arena of life um, and not being afraid to to not live, you feel me? Yeah. Because to live is to know all aspects of living. If I only want to know winning, I'm going to shy away from everything that looks like I could lose. For sure. And by doing that, I didn't fully experience life. You feel me? I'm a dad with like life still in me. I'm a dad with experiences that I didn't fulfill or things that I didn't get to use and learn from. So I uh got like you feel me, you gotta be open to to making the decision to live life fully. And once you make that decision, you gotta be okay with everything that comes with. And that's with any commitment. Like I always be saying, like, when you put a plan out into the world, out to the universe, like, even as soon as you write it down, you the first thing that's going to happen is a test. Yeah. Like, you can't run from it, anything. And every day, every moment is either a test or a celebration. You feel me? There's no in-betweens. Yeah. So just fully embracing that, that saying that I say a lot and living a life that shows that. Sure. You feel me? Because there's always somebody watching. Like I always be saying, man. Yeah. I want to make sure the people who's watching again something good. I agree. And just I'm playing on a good show for myself. <laughs> and just even speaking on that, that's one thing I usually try <clears throat> to tell people is, like, anything you're trying to do, mm-hmm. write down at least three to five other people who are doing what you want to do and the journey that they went to through to attend to get to where you want to be. Okay. Because likely there's going to be some similarities like, man, I had to sell my house. Maybe all five of them said, oh, I had to sell my house. Yeah. You might have to sell your crib then, bro. Yeah, you <laughs> like that might, <laughs> that may be what it costs. Okay. Like you have to see what people had to pay to get to where you are. Yeah, the price. Yeah, well, like what's the price? And, yeah. like, and I know for myself and sometimes I hop into things and I don't fully assess the cost. Like, or I'm not fully aware of the cost. Like, when the costs come up, I'll mm-hmm. pay it. Mm-hmm. But it's always nice to go in knowing, like, hmm, I may have to sell my house. I bet. Mm-hmm. 
I'm willing to sell my house. Then like one day you wake up like, damn, I gotta sell my house. <laughs> you like, oh, I was, I knew this day was gonna come. Right, 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 right. So, but yeah, uh, I got a question though. Mm-hmm. So if you're um, writing down what you're expecting, mm-hmm. that's kind of like projecting the future of what your journey is gonna entail. I'm not saying it it's going to happen, but writing it down to see like what could happen. So is it like is it more of an assessment of the level of difficulty, would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like, all right, um, to play high school to play high school ball, right? Yeah. What people have to go through is different than what people have to go through to play D one college ball. That's true. And then what people have to go through to play in the league is different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. you have to see depending on what level you want to be at in life, you gotta you gotta get some benchmarks like, okay. All right, these five guys say if I do a hundred shots a day, I can play high school ball. Mm-hmm. You want to play D one ball, you gotta shoot a thousand. You want to play NBA, you maybe you gotta shoot two thousand. I don't know. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. The way he was going. 10, yeah, yeah, ten thousand. But it didn't seem like somebody could shoot ten thousand a day. Don't doubt people. <laughs> you know All right, Kobe. Know. I used to do that. What? <laughs> <laughs> When Danny had, <coughs> when Danny was a baller, and balling for the homeless, um, more like dribble ten thousand times. <laughs> you wilding, <laughs> you wilding. But yeah, so that's what I got from it. Um, what, what, you, what do you have to add to that? Yeah, yeah. So for me, um, the purpose. I guess I'll start with an overview. Okay. Like the purpose was really to kind of tell like these two sides of my personality. Mm-hmm. That people often feel like are uh, going against each other. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are like, I can be super like outgoing, loud or whatever, mm-hmm. and then at times I'm super chill and like relaxed. And people are like, "How do you have these two different personalities?" Like, yeah, the polarities. Are so yeah, different. like these two polarities. You can't be the same person. Um, and with that. Like, I had to kind of go back and see, okay, like, who is Nathan at his core? Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized, like, the loud Nathan is the most natural aspect of me mm-hmm. because, in my opinion, when you're a child, that's your pure self. Yeah. And just yeah, even speaking. With, on that much. Exactly. And just speaking with my mom, she was like, one of the things when I was younger, uh, my dad used to go to her like, yo, I think we need to take Nathan to the hospital because he's so loud. <laughs> she was like, all he do is like yell and like he's super loud and always screaming like, do we got hearing problems? <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> like my mom was telling me, she's like, man, you always been loud. Like if I'm in, if, if I'm in the house, I'm the loudest person wow. in the crib. <laughs> so that's like the natural aspect. Uh, I guess I would say of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the chill side was learned. Mm-hmm. But originally it was learned, in my opinion, through like just schooling. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be yeah. loud all the time in school. You have to learn to integrate yourself into exactly. the environment. Exactly. Yeah, but then happened, unfortunately. But then also being around a lot of older older people when I was younger, I was mm-hmm. anywhere I was, I was usually the youngest person. Same. So. 
Of course, as Naturally, a kid, you just chilling. Yeah, you gotta yeah. chill. Like you know, you trying to play yeah. cool. You're not, you're not trying to be like that annoying little kid. So and you don't want to say nothing <laughs> to expose how young you are. Right, you right. Think you, you think you old in the moment? Like, oh, they don't know that I'm actually like twenty years younger right. than them. <laughs> right. They they say LOL and you laughing like, huh? Right. LOL. Like, then, then they ask, what did LOL mean? You like, uh, <laughs> lol. <laughs> like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Oh man, you was getting G check. <laughs> nah, nah, I ain't get, I ain't get G check. I was always, I was uh, always, always able to get a pass. You know, I, I was verified, certified. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, um, what I realized when I kind of did that assessment was mm. there was kind of never negative aspects of both that I was yeah. trying to get rid of. Yeah. And of the chill side, the worst part of that is. Sometimes, like, I'm chill, not out of I'm just being, like, relaxed and just cooling, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but out of a sense of inferiority. Mm-hmm. And then on the, like, big personality, Nate side, yeah. the downside of that sometimes is uh, selling myself but not really delivering. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I'm saying, hey, I got the potential to do this, yeah. but not really executing and delivering on that potential. Okay. Yeah. Gee, so then, go you want me go you want to say something, I mean to cut you off. Uh I was gonna go with the inspir I guess I can suck yeah, 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 yeah. So it okay. came from it started uh I had read Miles Monroe's book. It's called Understanding the Purpose and Power of Women. Yeah. And one of the th- and basically in the book he was talking about the difference between men and women and one of the points he was really trying to drive home was like women are different from men but that doesn't make women inferior to men. Mm-hmm. Facts. And, Big facts. Yeah, and it and he really hit home like all right, Nate, just because you're different that doesn't make you inferior, mm-hmm. right? And then I had like read it down in like a notepad like hmm I want to kind of touch on that. Yeah. And then like E. T. had come out with. A video, it was a clip of his speech from the Greatness, the School of Greatness Summit. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about uh, his, basically like his pastor and how, you know, he's high school dropout and his pastor's like, you know, yeah, you're different, like, but greatness is upon you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you can still be great. You, and he pushed him to be great and to become the person who he is. And I was like, okay, like, Again, okay, you can be different, but that doesn't make you inferior. So I got kind of got like two examples of yeah, you got two being instances. different and not yeah. inferior. I was like, man, I got to write about this. And this month, it felt like the right time. Okay. So with these um, different personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure navigating through different rooms, different environments, Yeah, there was somewhere they didn't fit. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like, it might have been well adjusted to um, prior situations. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? Of course, life's going to throw you some curveballs that you probably never yeah. been in. Some people, you, some types of people you've never been around and you mm-hmm. had to navigate, right? Um, when in those moments where you realize, like, okay, I'm not chilling in this room because I feel like cooling it. You yeah. feel me? But it's because I don't really fit in or, like, you feel me? Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah. So, in those moments when, when those 
those feelings um arise or whatever and came to the surface were you aware uh no just personal curiosity i i don't think i was aware um until like to i might have been aware but i wasn't i wouldn't be able to like articulate it like what was going on such a specific way yeah no okay it's something i kind of learned in hindsight looking back sheesh all right cool so let's touch into this um from the article so with this one you i like i don't like how you structured it excuse me i'll take that back (laughs) not not because it was bad but just because it was so different change takes time give me time (laughs) so um you have the two different sections, right? You did two sides, like a, a old school cassette tape. Side A, the meow and cat. Side B, the roaring lion. So let's get into side A, right? So First, before you, I say, mm, I would say read that, Nathan, the uh, the part before side A, the paradox. Yeah, uh, to Nate. kind of give them the explanations. Obviously. All right, so the two sides they speak to different aspects of our being um and you're just trying to figure out why that happens why that split in personality Mm -hmm. happens that's really what's being addressed here so nate described himself in the reading as a paradox um appearing to have two distinct personalities at times possessing the might of a roaring lion and occasionally the insecurity of a meowing cat so this is side a which touches on the insecurity Quote by Eleanor Roosevelt, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Let's get into it. So basically, um, in this one, you speak on something that happened in your youth. Excuse me, uh, seventh grade to be exact. When this was the first time where you were placed in a situation where you felt like everyone around you was on a level you weren't on. Um, And this happened to you academically. Mm-hmm. Which I think is like very significant, for sure. Because as kids, we don't got no jobs. You see, outside of our little hustles that we had, we ain't had no job. We spent majority of our day at school. That was our work. You feel mm-hmm. me? That was our nine to five. And to be in a place where you're spending one third of your day feeling like below the bookmark and the benchmark of what you should be at. I can only imagine what that does to you, you feel me? Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of like, like, dang, I didn't even know you was going through it like that. Because <laughs> I remember seventh grade, you know what I'm saying, like, we'll meet up, bust out in front of my crib, catch the bus, boom, see you at the end of the day. I'm thinking you straight throughout the day. I know you was, like, dying like that. I was like, sheesh, man, this this guy needed help. <laughs> He needed help. Man, I would have been asking for a transfer. But yeah, so basically you ended up in this class with these people, which was majority Caucasian, and which was weird because we went to a school with all black kids, and mm-hmm. well, black and uh, Latino and Latino kids or whatever. And you ended up in the only class that had like all Caucasian kids, which is weird. That's one. Um, two, they came from a school where they had accelerated learning so they on the educational level that's way beyond you in the reading you talk about how these kids wanted to read socrates and and shakespeare, uh, shakespeare and, all. and all types of literature wow little youth i wonder where they at right now but yeah <laughs> um 
and that's when you actually got to see like okay this big personality it has a different polarity on the other side that's always been waiting mm -hmm. which was you shrunk mm -hmm. in all in essence you shrunk for sure instead of you know saying pumping your chest out and letting your true being like explore the room for sure. and fill in the room you shrunk into yourself and you withdrew to yourself right um i'll leave you to comment on that now at this point um yeah man it was it was a it was an interesting experience because like you kind of mentioned it was my first time being in that type of environment mm -hmm. and really like seventh i had i guess i can explain why i was placed in that environment it was because i scored well on my math test mm -hmm. but the placement math test in sixth grade but that was a poor indication of where I was really academically. Yeah. Because I was just, I was like, <laughs> like I was just a shooter. Like yeah. I can't dribble, I can't, can't dunk, I ain't got no handles. Like math was my only thing. Yeah. So, so you balled out. Yeah, bro. Three point shootout. Yeah. Shot. They lights out. <laughs> they thought you was nice. <laughs> right, 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 right. And um, because of that, and like my my reading was wasn't even like average it was below average yeah so and i'm in an advanced class so it it just i just felt super inferior in that mm. moment and it was rooted in my academic success had only gotten good recently yeah like historically before that i wasn't the best student you know what i'm saying like yeah i had been through like at one point, my parents was think, considering, like, trying to hold me back. You know what I'm saying? They're like, yo, Nate, you need hooked on phonics. All these types of things. So, yeah. and I had never really dealt with all that comparison I was facing mm. uh, from, t whether it was teachers saying, oh, like, you're not like your sister type of thing uh, to parents, Just to family members, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> right? One of my teachers said, told my parents, Oh, Nathan looks like he doesn't want to be here. I was like, maybe I don't. <laughs> but anyway, so it was only recently that I had started getting like on a roll and doing well in school. Yeah. So when I went, so like my confidence was fake. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm smart now. I'm smart now. Yeah. But once I got challenged with people who were at a higher level than me, I was like, man, I ain't that smart. <laughs> man, forget these kids. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, all that baggage that I hadn't dealt with in my past, mm -hmm. it, like, came up out of my spirit, and it caused me to shrink. Okay. So, um, the next aspect of that was you having to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's in the next part when you speak on being able to understand yourself and um understand your stories right yeah so you have to get a grip of like what am i telling myself and is that true and um which i thought was kind of cool on how we have to it's a good practice to be aware of what you're telling yourself yeah and what's the truth not even like what's facts you feel me because there's a difference between facts and the truth i heard somebody say that it I was me right you did? Yeah, it was in one of my articles. 
I ain't asked you all that. <laughs> I heard it from somebody else. Oh, but, word. <laughs> you're not going to give me credit? Somebody Quote else, me. bro. Somebody else. Trust me. But yeah, um, it's a difference between facts and the truth. And the voice in your head should be rooted on truth. Yeah. Like with me, like I always say, like, I only deal with the truth. I want to deal with the truth, right? Your voice in your head should be rooted in the truth. Because we could create these outstanding stories, mm-hmm. outlandish stories that we never take time to confirm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's like, I think that's one thing everybody should always do. When somebody tell you something, if they haven't built that, you know what I'm saying, irreputable level of trust with you, where you just know their information is solid all the time, you got to go do your own research behind that. And that's mm-hmm. not discrediting what they're saying or what they got going on. But that's just to make sure you're good. You feel me? Make sure that you're dealing with the truth. Because sure. a lot of a lot of times, I hate saying that, but there are instances where things are passed along and they're passed along as the truth. Mm-hmm. But they were never verified from each source as it goes down the pipeline. You feel me? Yep. So with you... You spoke on how you had created a whole narrative of what was going on. Like, man, these kids think, man, I'm leaking. Oh, I bet. I wait for somebody to say something to me. I'm going <laughs> to drop them. <laughs> right? When whole T, they probably just like, man, he don't even like us. Yeah. Like, you feel me? He in this room. He don't like us. So we not going to bother him before he drop one of us. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think uh, speaking on how you have to be able to control those stories was was cool. I, it was a cool little takeaway for me. Um, so the second part of that was the roaring lion, which yeah. was the big personality. And um, in that section, you spoke on how in order to, I don't want to say find yourself, but you saw yourself thrive once you realize this kind of environment you thrive in. So when you realize that, you made you made a conscious effort to put yourself in those environments, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, the type of person I am, I need a balanced life. I'm a man of balance. I need to be able to, you know I'm saying, go crazy with my work ethic. But I got to have some fun, too. For sure. And when you give me both, oh, yeah, you're going to get the best version of me because I'm lit. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm in my essence. Um, excuse me. So in times where you were placed in... This is just a question for you. Yeah. But in times where you were placed in environments where you had the option of choosing how you wanted to navigate through them, because, you know, there's certain environments that the culture is is already so, set before you get there, right? Yeah. Then there's certain environments where you're fresh. So you might not have to, like the culture will mold to you. You don't have to mold to it, right? For sure. When you catch yourself in things now, which which route do you usually go with and why? Yeah, I mean, or so, like, and if you, and also, yeah, why? Yeah, why? Okay. Your motive for choosing which which route? So I would say college was the first time I really got to structure my own life, mm-hmm. and I think that's why I was, and I was at a place where I was pretty self aware, and since I was able to structure my life, and I think that's why I really was able to do even better in college than I was in high school mm-hmm. because I was able to create my own balance of work and play. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I kind of mentioned in the article, when I was younger, people didn't, people thought, 
hey, Nate's getting, let's say, an 85. If I take fun away, he's going to get a 90. Yeah. When really, if you take fun away, I might get a 75. You know chill. what I mean? <laughs> Cause I'm be, <laughs> hey, chill. Because <laughs> I'm going to be miserable, right? Okay. Yeah. And so in college, that was the first time I was really able to structure my own life and create my own balance. And I was able to, people see me in the library at like 2, 3 in the morning grinding. Mm-hmm. And you would see me Friday and Saturday at the function. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I always found a way. I never put play before school, mm-hmm. but I always found a way to have fun. Um, so, yeah, college was the first time I really had the opportunity to really design my own life. Um, and that's and that's my preferred method, to be honest. So where where did that decision came from, come from? Excuse me. Was it a conscious decision like, hey, I want to have control over how I'm going to navigate through life from this point going forward. Did you like sit down with yourself and make that decision? Like, yeah, I know what works for me. I'm mm-hmm. self-aware enough to know what works for me. Now let me go and build my life in a way that reflects that so I yeah. can thrive and excel. Yeah, I would say because in high school, like we went out a lot. Yeah. But there were still some times where my parents tried to block me. For real? I mean, at certain aspects, Jeez. you know what I mean? Like I just for like little things. Feel bad and, for you, son. <laughs> hey, I, hey, don't don't try to play me like I wasn't out here. You got ninety nine problems, <laughs> but I didn't understand why. Like you'll be okay with me. You'll be like, all right. I don't feel like I don't feel like I don't think you should go out this mm-hmm. weekend. But I'm sitting in the house doing nothing. It's not like I'm about to be studying. But you safe. Yeah, but still, like I didn't. I never got that aspect. Like. You're like, ah, oh, you going out too much is distracting you from school. But you're not at home doing that. I'm not doing day. work. I'm just chilling. You know what I mean? So yeah. from earlier in high school, I was like, man, once I get to college, I'm going to be able to decide my own balance. And that's kind of where it's rooted in. All right, cool. So the next thing that we need to get into is the next part of this, which is Potential. Potential. What does potential mean to you, Nate? Hmm. So how I described potential in the article is really potential is like an uncashed check. Mm-hmm. Where essentially like the check it let's say the check is a million dollar check, right? Mm-hmm. The the check represents a million dollars. But you can't go to the store and just Buy something for a million dollars, right? You got, yeah. yeah, you can't. <laughs> you actually have to cash the check. Yeah, so you say um, you need the actual million. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like it's it's a piece of paper. It doesn't rep. It represents the million, but mm-hmm. it's not the million. Uh, and that's what potential is. Potential is what you can be, but what you really haven't executed on yet. Mm-hmm. Executed on. Yep. Hmm. Executed on. So you saying it's waiting to just be executed on? Exactly, it's waiting to be cashed. What mm. if like your potential requires you to grow into to be a certain type of person to be able to cash a check? Like let's say my potential needs to go to Navy Federal, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like out here. I hope you're not a Bank of America type of dude. 
Mm-hmm. I oh, gotta nah, go bro. get a navy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I hope nobody listening is, but I gotta, <laughs> I gotta grow into. <laughs> you gotta get a spine. I gotta go through the process and become a navy federal guy. You feel me? Yeah. Like. Or you just, it's just like, nah, it's just waiting to be executed on. Um, like, do you think you have I to think go, it, go ahead. So you can get, you could get your check cashed in installments. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're a, let's say you're a mega millionaire winner. And you decide, hey, I ain't, I ain't going to take this 60 million in one payment. Okay. I'm going to take it in installments. So you, you can get cashed on installments. All right. It doesn't have to be a one time, like, oh, I'm, I'm hopping on in. All right. Type of thing. Cool. All right. Cool. Cool. So uh, with Miles Monroe, right, mm-hmm. there was a Miles Monroe quote that you used for that session where he said, um, in reference to potential, potential is unused ability, dormant strength. All you could be, but you haven't become who you really are, but we haven't seen yet. It's never what you've done. It's always what you could do, but haven't done. Miles Monroe. So you, you um, in the article, you spoke on how you went through a lot of life selling your potential yep. instead of cashing in on it, right? Yes, sir. And there are a few things that happen when you out here selling your potential. Those things being, <laughs> I'm going to list them like bullet points. A, you get got. B, you get got means you get exposed. <laughs> C, you run out of the time frame you're given to sell potential. Yep. And wait, I said B, C, D. People just give up on you no more. Your potential is not worthy no more. It's not worthy of their, it's not worthy of their admiration, or it's not even worthy of their time. People just be like, you know what? You haven't acted on it for X amount of time. It's safe to say you're never going to. <laughs> I will move on to somebody else with potential. You yes. know what I'm saying? Because with all things, potential has an expiration date, mm-hmm. and unfortunately for majority of what i see just watching people navigate through life and die potential just it dies with them you feel me like how they always use the the wealthiest place in the world is the cemetery i mean it's facts though yeah it's facts like because you always think like bruh like you remember how we was talking the other day about computers and i was like dang imagine a world without mac os if steve jobs never like went ballistic and they never created Apple, him and the homies, and there mm. was no Mac. I was like, man, I would hate to live in a world with just windows. <laughs> <laughs> I like aesthetics. Like, Thanks. I need my Mac, you feel me? And I think that's what it comes down to for a majority of life because not executing on your potential is not just a disadvantage to you. It's a disadvantage to your your immediate world around you and it's a disadvantage to the world at whole because it's like your your potential, what you could be, your gifts, your talents, all that, is to, I think, well, my personal belief is like our gifts and talent are to make the world a better place, right? For sure. And the greatest thing you could do in your walk of life is to leave something a little better than you found it. Even if it's just one thing, you feel me? Just leave things better than you found them. Because yeah. we already got enough destruction going on. So it's like, why add to that when you got the power to create things? Like, we could create people because if we could, we could make people, we could make some other great things. Because that's the highest form of creation is to create sure. a person. You feel me? So 
Yeah. So with you um, in the story, you talk about how <laughs> you was in your your bossed up eighth grade class. We had and the best eighth grade class. The last day, uh, I don't know about all that. Had all your youngest, but we was like never in there. You was in you was like in bossed up eighth eighth grade class, and um, on you went through that that entire year selling your potential of who you could be, and because you had this aura about you of that exhibited what you can be and you you probably i know knowing you i know you gave spits and like little mist of what that looked like if you wanted to tap into it fully for sure it was enough that you was able to trick your teacher and not get suspended or expelled or anything because you was in there wilding <laughs> right but um on the last day you learned the important lesson <clears throat> excuse me which was that eventually people get tired of your potential yeah. You feel me? Like, potential is only cute for so long. Mm-hmm. You can only sell it for so long. After a while, it's like, okay, you keep selling what you can be. But when are you actually going to be that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like somebody who, I don't even want to make no no examples because everybody knows, like, and it's like, you know what I'm saying? You probably thought of somebody who's like that. And you probably like that, somebody listening. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Damn. Okay. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm like that. I know I got like a lot more in me mm-hmm. to give. I know I barely scratched the surface. You feel me? So I think of myself when I say that. Yeah, I, I thought me? you were just trying to take off somebody's head. Oh no, nah, it's not no shot at nose. That's okay. that's that's a sh- from me to me. <laughs> <laughs> from me to me, the uh, best gifts. But but yeah. So once you when you learned that lesson that I couldn't sell potential no more. Um. Why'd you go ahead and keep selling it? Because you didn't stop there, though. Yeah, yeah. You feel me? You reacted with sort of like disgust, like, dang, she figured me out. <laughs> Instead um, of like, man, let me probably see what looks it looks like to tap into what I could be. Because I didn't experience the re- repercussions. Repercussions? Yeah, so. Living the potential? No, of what it meant for someone to kind of, I guess, give up on you. Oh, to like fully give up on you? Yeah. Okay. Because it was the last day of school. Yeah. So essentially, the last day of school, she had kicked me out. Uh, I went back. She was like, yo, Nate, come back to my class. I didn't. And then she came to my next class and, you know, gave me a speech. Uh, uh, Gave me a speech and I was like, just went in on me like, yo, Nate, I'm going to send a message to your high school teachers or whatever, I'm going to write you up. Mm-hmm. But I never really experienced her giving up on me. I didn't have to see her. I never saw her again after that day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man. And it's summer after that. I ain't thinking about school. So I just went. So uh, September or wherever, August, wherever we started in high school, I said back to business as usual. And, you know, back to selling potential. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're just a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bernardo. Um, so you spoke on divorce and potential, mm-hmm. and um, the part that I thought was cool from that entire section, excuse me, was um, you said that potential represents the check and its value, but your purpose represents cashing it in the right place. So mm-hmm. it's like having a check, but you need to be be able to take that check to the right bank to get its maximum, you you saying amount. Yeah. Because if I took, like I said, my Navy Federal check to Bank of America, 
mm-hmm. they gonna hit me with fees on fees on fees on some <laughs> more fees. I'm gonna probably Man, see you like you got something against Bank of America. Yeah, I seen them spank people my whole <laughs> life. <laughs> I've never been a victim. <laughs> I feel sorry for anyone who is. Leave immediately. I'm sorry, but yeah, um, yeah. So the the fact about the purpose being the right bank. I think that was a cool analogy. I salute you for that one. Appreciate it. I try. I salute you for that one. And I don't so, try to do. Okay. So, like all right, all right. So when you started, <laughs> try to cut me off. When you started, <laughs> when you started um, depositing your check to the right place, right? What shift did you notice occurred? Uh, a lot more peace. A lot more peace. And it's weird. I need a le- less fun in my life. You needed less fun. Yeah. So, living in your purpose took away your need for escapism, in essence. Yep. Okay. Like if you ask now, like I don't really go out that much, mm-hmm. and I and and that's kind of what I when I was writing this, I was like, man, I don't even go out that much as I used to, and yeah. I was kind of exploring why, why is that, and I think it's rooted in me just being more at peace with my life and just being more happy. Okay. And so just like realizing like what I'm really supposed to be doing, um, and it's not like. I don't enjoy having fun. I don't enjoy like taking time off and relaxing. Mm-hmm. But right now, I just feel like I got some bigger fish to fry, and you know, indulging in certain things doesn't isn't a priority. I feel yeah. Jesus, sound like once you tapped into cashing in on the check and then taking it to the right place, it made you more grounded. In essence, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. It, like, grounded your life. It it, it added that need of stability. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy, too, because moving, I guess, and doing what you feel like you're supposed to be doing, like, what you're here to do, it was able to give you that balance that you need in terms of, I'm, I'm, I need to be working hard, but I need to have fun, too. And it's like, you found something that's giving you both. Am I correct? Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay, and that came from moving with what you think is your purpose. Yeah. Okay, and I I ain't mean to say it like I'm doubting that. No, 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 no. I just I said that because yeah. I know purpose changes. For sure. You feel for me? sure. Like maybe after this one, you knock this out the way, there could be something else that emerges. Mm-hmm. All right. And so the last one, last section of that is the roots of potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have these two quotes: one from Coach Carter, and one from Rose. Roosevelt, which one would you rather? Uh, you can read the Roosevelt. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Who Look like a Roosevelt type of guy? Too much cologne. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the quote says, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in the worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end of the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, 
so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Theodore Roosevelt. I snapped at that. But yeah. <laughs> um that last that last line, like I always be saying, like, that last line is it for me. You feel me? Who shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Cause that just sounds like a terrible place to be. Mm-hmm. Like just imagine going through your entire life just being a spectator. Yeah. You feel me? And you can't you can't relate to either side of the game. Yeah. You can't relate to the people who tried and lost. You can't relate to the people who won. You just like, man, mm-hmm. if I if if I would have doubted did it this way. Yeah. But nah, you don't know. You never you've never hopped in the field. You've never you never tried. You never risked nothing. Yeah, nah, it's facts and it's cr- for some reason this just came to my head. What's that? Um so I was at my cousin's football game mm-hmm. last or this past fall, right? Mm-hmm. And he played for the same team I played for when I played boys club. Okay, y'all both suck. Wow. So you know <laughs> Stop playing with me. He scored a touchdown. You know, okay, I scored, okay, you know, okay, I did my okay, thing. Okay. But okay. uh he played the and they played the same exact team in the championship. Okay. And they we both lost. Yeah. By one touchdown. Okay. So People were trying to condole, console like the kids because of course they're tight. They lost the game. Yeah, facts. But you know, I could really connect with him because I had been You've there. Been there, yeah. Like I know what it feels like to lose a championship. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just like I know how what it feels like to win one. Yeah. But it just gives you a being in the arena gives you a, a better perspective on life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. You're allowed. You're. You can really empathize with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come on. there. Excuse me. I'm sorry. No, I'm good. Go um, one thing I realized about being in an arena is it gives you credibility. Also, For sure. Right? Because if you've never if you've never fought the fight or you've never even risked fighting it, mm-hmm. because to hop in an arena means that you've you've assessed the the risk and the reward and you've you've said okay. You feel me? Yeah. Um, I'm accepting it. I'm accepting both sides of it. I'm accepting that this this plane could crash and burn, and I could lose it all. Mm-hmm. But I'm also accepting that in order to gain it all, I got to risk losing it all. Yep. And I think that's true strength. It's not the people who are on the sidelines critiquing what you should have did better mm-hmm. or how they would have done it if they were doing it because they've never done it. Yep. And what helped me like recently with dealing with like the critics and like fully blocking them out is like I made like a list of people whose opinion matters, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, all right, your opinion don't even matter, bruh. You ain't even like your name ain't even come up when I was making this list. You feel yeah. me? And there's reasons why. So it's like, okay, if there's a critic outside who like tries to weigh in on what you got going on in the ring, mm-hmm. you know, like all right, when I double back, my teammates who was alongside with me, I'm a, I'm gonna listen to what they gotta say. You feel me? Because they understand what what happened in the game. They understand yeah. why we lost, or they probably have a way of a way we could have did it better. Yeah. Because <clears throat> when you're on the sideline, you only get that perspective from where you're sitting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like you like circling around the ring mm-hmm. watching me from every angle that I'm at. Yeah. You're getting a perspective from where you're at and where I'm at. 
but but the way social media has like turned the world into be that small tiny ounce of perspective is taken and blown into a large scope of criticism yeah and i think that's just wild for sure and it's like it's cool this is one of the things i always try to remind myself as well is that you know lebron james makes more than the people who critique him facts you know what i mean you you get more money in the arena than being a critic that's a bar <laughs> and it's nothing it's nothing Nothing against commentators because, you yeah. know, some of them play ball. Yeah. Facts. Some of them. But they earned the right, though. Yeah. But, I mean, so, but you don't always have to. What do you mean? Playing a game? Play a game to, to be able to coach and get feedback. That's true. Um, But in terms of who gets, who's of more value. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say who's of more value yeah. in terms of monetary. Yeah. On a monetary assessment, could it LeBron James is because. He getting that check, and yeah. you ain't. And he's actually he's actually in the arena risking it all. Exactly to you know what I'm saying try and achieve whatever. Right, he's risking. He's risking that last game shot. I mean, he he in this he in this finals, but you know, he's <laughs> <laughs> he shot that last shot before. You know what I'm saying? He had he had to risk all the criticism that he knew would come with it if he didn't make it. Facts. And the and the crazy thing about like the times where I've been. Um, on the sideline watching mm-hmm. is that if you were even thinking of hopping in the game sometimes you hear how like the wild things that people say like the disgusting remarks that people would say if people mm-hmm. are trying bruh that if you're not strong that's that's enough to the, you know what I'm saying keep you from even trying Yeah, cause then you know you. it's gonna come yeah you're like man, man I wanna go out there too man but I just heard what they said about oh boy, and I know that's gonna come for me if I step out there. <laughs> Facts. I'm, I'm not even half as yeah, nice as him. Yeah, it's like man, I ain't even gonna let nobody talk about me. Like man, I'ma just kick it right here, look cool, man. Just pose, yeah. pose real quick, bro. Pose with me, right? <laughs> you feel but me? when you shoot that three, you make it. I'ma jump. Feel me, right? <laughs> and it's like nah, like you got to be able to hear. I don't even want to say hear because you you kind of control what you what you feed your energy to, yeah, and your attention to, but just understanding. Whose opinion matters? Yeah, understanding the people who are critics and will always be just that, mm-hmm. and understanding that, like, life needs you to be brave. That's yeah. all that comes down to. Yeah, like being timid, being scary, moving through life with all that fear, it don't get you nowhere. Yeah, it and- gets you somewhere safe, but I mean. Nobody changed the world playing is safe. Mm-hmm. Everybody, like I study all the inventors, bro. They was all considered crazy. At least the real ones. Shout out Tesla. Top inventor ever. You feel me? They were all considered crazy. Mm-hmm. All their ideas made no sense at one point in time. You feel me? All their potential wasn't fully seen. But if you have, like you said, you know the value of the check that's in you. Like we all know how much we could earn. We know what we could do out here. We know how we could shake stuff up. Yeah, and you just your belief and your courage got to be more than the remarks that you know is gonna come because yeah. they gonna come. But when and you operate on the level, you could it don't even touch you no more. They just bounce off you. You feel me? And like not to get to basketball too much, but I think that's what really separates KD and LeBron in my eyes. Why? Like in in my perspective, they're both in the arena, mm-hmm. but. 
LeBron has accepted what comes with being in the arena. Mm-hmm. Like the critiques and all that that comes with it. KD, he refuses to accept that aspect of the game. You know what I mean? Like the the critiques that come with being a superstar, being one of the top players in the league. And I think that's, in my opinion, that's why people see LeBron as, because KD's nice. You know what I mean? That's why I just feel like as long as LeBron's in the league, he'll always be at a higher level than KD. Okay. Yeah. I salute that. Nice uh, basketball analogy. <laughs> Too bad you ain't make it to the league. But what I will say is. Rapper go to the league. <laughs> you ain't do neither. And I'm rapping. <clears throat> See this mic? Okay. What I will say is um, one thing that I forgot to mention was um, it's important for each individual to to discover what their personal metric is, mm-hmm. um, our own metric of success, of what it looks like for us. Um just so as we're moving along through this journey, whatever it be, we we know what we're playing. We know what game we're playing mm-hmm. because along with critics, like sometimes even people close to us, you know what I'm saying, they don't understand how we're measuring our success. Where we might take an L, but the lesson that we got from the L was worth more than we would have got from winning that yeah. battle. But to somebody else, all they see is, oh, you took an L, oh, <laughs> it's over for you. Yeah. <laughs> you show your one, you know what I'm saying, redirect your path. Like, I don't think that's the way for you, man. You, you took two L's this week. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's always good to know how you gauge in your metric because everybody has a different measuring stick. And yeah. they can't come put theirs next to yours. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Theirs was made for gravel and yours is made for, you feel me, marble. Like. Two different things, hey, you know what marble. I'm saying? Marble hey. floors. <laughs> yeah. And I w- and that's why I'll say I appreciate you for is one of the things you told me when I had hopped in the game when I left my job. Um, you know, just the frustration with things not working out essentially. Yeah. And the feedback, the people not believing in me or stuff like that. And you're like, yo, Nate, you gotta remember you're playing a different game than the people who are giving you these critiques are yeah so you can't allow that to affect how you move and you can't allow that to penetrate your sanity you know what i mean because you're playing a different game that's true man for real glad i could help i could be a you know saying service to my brother man but yeah man we done came to the closing of this episode i enjoyed it i believe y'all did too if you made it this far um, you got any closing remarks? I'm asking you, Nate. Uh, closing remarks. Any closing remarks? Nah, Last I ain't minute words, really got none. Nah. All right, I don't really got nothing. Um, all I say is just be brave, approach life with courage, and figure out which arena you want to play in and go play in it. Because life is short. You're here today, you're gone today. It could end any second. And there's no limit to what you could do with your time here. Because if you move correctly, I honestly believe one life is enough. If we move in it how we should, it's enough. And to move how you should, you just got to eradicate yourself of all the BS that people done projected on you. 
and the BS that you feed yourself. That's that. Hey, man, One Life sounds like the remix to One Mic. Nah. I don't know. He might have we, to pay you, me. You got, you got a track coming out? <laughs> hey, I'm going to drop that next time, man. You I hot, bet. you hot. <laughs> but yeah, we waiting. Man. We thanks y'all for tuning in. Shout out to our sponsors, Elevate, E-L-I-V-A-D-E. Tap into the network, create a profile. A lot of great opportunities on there. And you can network on there, too. Till next time, bye, Louie out. See you on the next one. Deuces.